What is up, everybody? It is me. It is me. It is Mr. Sensational, Gino Vega, coming to you with a very special episode. Is this really episode 80? I guess it is, because it looks like the last episode I recorded was 79, meaning this must be very special episode 80. Coming to you, recording very special episode 80 in somewhat suboptimal conditions. And again, I feel as if every week when I'm able to come to you with a new episode, I uh, have some song and dance about about logistical hardships. And I guess that is just uh, par for the course when doing an amateur podcast. But um, this week, the issue is I am coming off the heels of having the COVID-19 virus. It's a virus, right? Yeah, it's a virus. I had COVID-19 last week, so I was unable to come to you with very special episode 80. Last week, I had to take a week off. I probably could have gotten away um, recording episode 80 last week, at least physically, because um, last Tuesday when I would have recorded episode 80 uh, was day two of COVID for me, and I wasn't really having much in the way of symptoms other than a little bit of feeling off and kind of like tired a little bit. Um, as I, I mentioned on my Facebook account that those first couple days of, of COVID, uh, I very much felt like con uh, from the wrath of, although not from the wrath of, the wrath of con that you know from the wrath of, but con in his first appearance in that episode, The Space Seed, where he continuously tried to get out of interacting with people when they started asking him questions that were digging a little too deep. Uh, getting a little too uh, close to the to to the heart of the matter, he would he would uh, wave off uh, conversation with uh, Captain. I am feeling fatigued, Captain. Once again, I grow fatigued. I was very fatigued with those first few days. I mean, not very, but I, I felt unnaturally fatigued. Um, but I probably I still I had my voice. I wasn't coughing. I wasn't sneezing. But the problem is, everyone in the in the nuclear sensational family, all four of us, got COVID, and we were all home at the same time. So it just would have been kind of hard wrestling past everyone to be able to yell into a microphone for a half an hour or so. Um, but I figured I would be back in business uh, this week, and I am back in business. But the problem is, in order for my wife, Ms. S., to physically go back to work, she has to either be uh, 10 days out from her first day of COVID, or she has to present a uh, negative home test. And she tested herself this morning and was still faintly uh, positive as far as the test was concerned. So is not able to physically go back to work. So she's downstairs here at Sensational Manor 2.5 working in the area where I would normally be recording very special episode 80. Instead, I am up here upstairs in our bedroom using an old broken laptop. The screen doesn't really work, but it still computes just fine, so I'm able to record with it. But uh, I'm in our bedroom. Our bedroom has, other than a bed, no furniture. We've, we've moved into this house. We've been here for about six months. But when we first moved in, there was all kinds of insanity going on. Um, but among other things... Uh, when we moved from Santa Rosa, California to Napa, California a few years ago, we divested ourselves of most of our furniture because most of our furniture was old IKEA furniture. And that furniture, uh, you know, it's good for a while and it all starts to disintegrate. 
you know, we had a lot of this stuff for over 10 years and it's not, it's not, it's not heirloom furniture. It's not your, your mother's, your grandmother's, uh, nightstand or whatever the heck it's, it's not made to be around forever. And so we were like, well, we don't know where we're going to land. We don't know what we're going to do. So let's just give away all this stuff. Um, the, if it still has any useful life uh, left in it. And we actually did find people that wanted to, to take it off of our hands, which was great. And then we will reestablish a furniture empire someday down the line. And someday down the line came where we now have a house that needs furniture. Uh, but when we first moved in, we were uh, the, 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 the country, the world was in the throes of all this much uh, heralded supply chain issues. Uh, and I was going to say thank you, Brandon, but it's let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Brandon. Uh, personally um, and purposely destroyed the supply chain. And so thanks to Brandon, uh, when we go to Ikea to get the kind of odds and ends we needed, like some bedroom furniture, none of it was in stock. I suppose we could go somewhere else. But no, things weren't really in stock anywhere. Um, and uh, Ikea, there's kind of the the ease of getting all your stuff in one place and the frugality of it all. We're not looking, again, we're not heirloom furniture people. We're not looking for, for grandma's dresser. We're looking for some particle board thing that'll that'll do the job for a while. And bedroom furniture too, in general, I, I don't understand people with really tricked out, done up bedrooms. It's like, I mean, you, you sleep in your bedroom, you get up and you don't really go back into it for the rest of the day. So who cares what's in there? Um, but that being said, what I'm, the, the point I'm trying to get to here is that um, I, on one hand, you have the people with the tricked out, done up bedrooms, the like the, the better home and garden bedroom. I don't understand that. On the other hand, you probably could use like some dressers and a nightstand or something because as it is, I'm here in the bedroom and I'm having to, there's nowhere to perch any of my equipment. So this laptop is just straight up on the floor. The orange colored blue snowball microphone is right in front of me and I'm just sitting cross-legged here on the floor, hunched over, hoping I'm talking into the microphone sort of. So that, that's where I'm at today. But I am back from COVID. It was not really a thing. Um, I kind of had a, it was, it was like a persistently obnoxious cold for about five days and it is now gone. And I'm happy to report that. Yes, folks, <clears throat> me, 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 me. Oh, I, I, I'm still alive. I'm still alive. Been wanting to do that for a week, and th there you go. Never understood that style of music, that style of singing, that grunge style from the 1990s. And this is a overly used, over a broad brush. Uh, people wanted to throw like anything from the Pacific Northwest from like 1990 to 1997 into the grunge bucket. And now for instance, the band Nirvana is probably one of my favorite, uh, alternative rock bands of all time. I do not detect any tonal similarities between what they were doing and what I'm still alive was doing. Um, that style of singing, there were a lot of bands that did the hur, 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 hur. Um, kind of that initial, you know, the Pearl Jams and, and what have yous. Um, and I've talked about this on the show before, then it devolved even further because at least, you know, those were like the alternative bands during Hey Ha 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 Um, then it just devolved into just full on pop, uh, radio music was doing like we've talked about this. Probably my most hated song in the history of popular music is that, um, Anyway, who who just like you know you know guys let's start a band. I'm gonna sing, but check it out. This is how I'm gonna sing. 
I'm going to get on the microphone and I'm just going to be like, I don't know, man. Beyond me, above my pay grade, way above my pay grade, because apparently is like the the key to, to millions of riches in the rock and roll world. But what do I know? I'm just a lowly amateur podcaster. COVID, uh, yeah, it's uh, in the rear view. Um, thanks to the benefits of modern medicine and um, not walking, um, or rather walking erect without one's knuckles dragging through through the mud, through the uh, detritus, as it were. Uh, I availed myself of modern medicine um, some time ago, and so I was up to date on all of my um, uh, COVID vaccinations and all that. And uh, the seeming result is that I had an irritating cold for a week. Um, of course, I did. I, I was listening to some folks out on the town some time ago, and they were they were like. Um, they say it's a pandemic of the, uh, uh, of the unvaccinated. So how come them vaccinateds are getting it? Um, kind of missing the point, I believe, of the, uh, of the medication, of the tool. It's not so much a prophylactic of, um, not contracting the virus. It is so that once one does contract the virus, uh, one is not doing so with a naive, um, immune system. So anyway, enough COVID talk. Uh, that's not very interesting. It, 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 particularly at this stage in the game, we're kind of we're past all that. Um, but uh, the Vegaverse did survive um, COVID-19. In other news, it is now time to talk about what I intended to talk about next, uh, last week, rather. Uh, easy for me to say. Um, and I hope it is still fresh in my mind, fresh in my memory, because it certainly was last week. And I, it's really kind of a bummer that of all the weeks to uh, to be felled with COVID, it, it was last week when I had this burning uh, topic to discuss. But we're going we're gonna to run it down this week instead. Folks, we are going to talk about my recent participation in a focus group. A focus group discussing... The proposed Voodoo Ranger IPA Action Park here in Napa, California. And I believe I laid the groundwork for what this was uh, on the show a few weeks back. But I'll, I'll, I'll do a quick refresher nonetheless. Uh, a while ago now... Um, my wife, Ms. S., had noticed that on Facebook she had received a targeted ad that was looking for people's opinions about the idea of a beer-themed uh, amusement park. What would you think, as a, as a Napa local, about a massive beer-themed amusement park with a huge hotel and fields of parking and rides and... Uh, nightly fireworks shows and this, that, and the third. We want to know your thoughts on such a park being built in the heart of Napa, California. So she, she got this like in her Facebook feed and she said like immediately there were all these respondents of, from responses um, by respondents who live here in Napa, who were just up in arms, losing their mind. How could such a thing be possible? How is this happening? Why, why, why me, God? Um, the, the usual 
NIMBY, not in my backyard reaction that happens um, in this neck of the woods whenever anything is proposed to be being built, but, but, but on steroids, because what was being proposed to be built was a building proposal on steroids. Um, again, this is a town where we were, we were just recently unable to have a uh, new drive through fast food drive through restaurant open in town because there was too much, too much local opposition, um, for having this thing built in town. Um, and there's a number of reasons for this part. Part of it is, I mean, you know, uh, Napa, if you've been to Napa, California, you've been to Napa County, it's like a fussy looking place. It has a very specific aesthetic. Everything is, is not everything, but like new development. Uh, there's a lot of money in gearing things towards a certain look, a certain wine country aesthetic. And so I do understand when you live in a place like that, there is, it's more difficult. There's certain, um, there, places don't look the way they look by accident. Places look the way they look because either everything is allowed or nothing is allowed or things have to look a certain way. So you either get, uh, you know, um, Houston, Texas. Have you been to Houston, Texas? Houston, Texas is an example of what happens when there's just no regulation, no zoning whatsoever. You just get this massive sprawl of insanity. I mean, at least that's that, – I guess you could say you get a massive sprawl of freedom. To me, it, it's a, a massive sprawl of weirdness, but um, but they, they, you know that's how they do it down there. Um, then, if you go to a place that has a very specific aesthetic look, it's usually because there's building codes, there's there's strictures about how things have to look, and that's kind of how where we're at here in Napa. It's a very regulated environment, um, and I, I mean I, I get that. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that if that's what you're going for. Uh, I do think though that people here get kind of bizarre about it because on one hand. You're benefiting from the fact that you live in this area that is really buoyed by a tourist economy. But then you have the people that live here that like to get like, well, I'm not a tourist. I'm a local. So then they're like against anything being built at all. It's very – we don't need to go into all of the psychology here. But uh, Napa is a very – as far as the people that live here, it's a very nimby place. Everyone's very paranoid that like some new winery is going to want to come in and – and build some crazy thing, and then all the tourists are going to come, and then there's not enough room on the road for you to drive around, and then, you know, you can't get to anything because the tourists have taken over, and what about the locals, and blah, blah, blah. Um, in any case, um, it's like, uh, basically with the Napa NIMBY mindset, proposing something where there's going to be multiple firework shows a night is like throwing gasoline on a fire. You're going to get a reaction. So anyway, Ms. S saw this weird ad. She's like, I don't know. It was like a fishing thing or something, you know, P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, but not the band, like the, the, the identity theft gimmick. It just seemed like a very weird ad. So she had told me that and it was kind of at the back of my mind. And then I was driving down this busy main thoroughfare kind of near where we live. And I saw a, um, we, we did talk about this on the show because I was debating whether or not you call the thing that a truck tows along, whether it's a trailer. Um, there was a big trailer that had been turned into a billboard that had this ad and it was like, coming soon to the heart of Napa, Voodoo Ranger IPA Action Park. And it was, you know, I was like, oh my God, that's that same thing. And there was a URL. I didn't realize at the time, because I'd been out of the loop, that Voodoo Ranger is actually an imprint. It's a brand from the very, I mean, at least around here, well-known um, 
brewing company, New Belgium Brewing. They're the people that make that fat tire beer, which has been around forever. It was like one of the early sort of craft beers to go big, uh, as far as I recall. I remember drinking it. I remember drinking fat tire while living in Oakland, California, listening to A's games on the radio, listening to the post show with Robert Buon on whatever radio station that was they were on at the time. The post show with Robert Buon. And uh, drinking a fat tire and um, just seeing my whole life ahead of me because I was a very young person at the time. Uh, But anyway, that was decades ago. And uh, I kind of forgot about fat tire along the way and went on to drinking more. uh, You know, I'm one of those annoying. I I see people in my Facebook sphere making fun of this stuff all the time. I'm I'm one of those like, you know, I've got a big lumberjack beard and I drink uh, like IPAs made with like, you know, yeast that someone found in some Nepalese temple on top of a mountain and I wear a flannel shirt and skinny jeans. That's me. It's not really me, but I do. I, 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 my beer taste veers in that general direction. Um, so fat tires, a little too passe guys. All right. Um, that's not really, it just, you know, times change, tastes change. You kind of forget about things sometimes. So new Belgium brewing had not been on my radar for a long time, but it's just, it's one of those things also that's so ubiquitous. I don't even see it anymore. Like anytime I go to a liquor store, anytime I go to a supermarket to buy beer, you see this big fat tire display and I just walk right past it without even really apprehending it. In any case. Voodoo Ranger IPA appears to be a brand where Fat Tire is trying to double back and reclaim um, uh, obnoxious hipster folks like myself because it's like their hipster hazy IPA brand. And it's like this skeleton character is the, is the mascot. He's the Voodoo Ranger. And it's all very kind of reminds me of like the, the alien ambassador from Mars Attacks, you know, this kind of trolley character that doesn't really talk and is just like has a punchable zombie face. Um, look it up, Voodoo Ranger. Anyway, this was the moment when the uh, this strange advertising campaign began to have a face, the face of the Voodoo Ranger, a face where I was able to connect the dots and realize, oh my God, this is actually like a reputable company behind this effort. So I went to the website, and the website was a super campy, cartoony proposal that they're going to build this huge amusement park in Napa. Uh, keep in mind, Napa, I think we've got like... Let me look up the population really quick here just to give you a uh, idea. Napa population. So we're at, in 2020 we were at 78,000 people. So it's not a big not a big uh, city. There's a lot of people here at any given time again because of the tourism. It always, it always feels like a much bigger city. Like Santa Rosa where I moved from has like probably like 100 and I, I should do specific numbers here. Or someone's going to factoid. Mary is going to come out of the woodwork again. Um, and I'm not singling out any particular factoid. Mary. I just mean the, 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 the spirit of factoid Mary. Uh, so Santa Rosa in 2020 was 178,000. So like a hundred thousand more people, but Napa always feels like a bigger city to me just because there's always so many people and just activities going on. And there's, you know, it's just popping off 24 seven. But in any case, the point is it's not the kind of place that has the infrastructure to support some huge world-class amusement park. It just the, the, the incongruous doesn't make sense. But then also when you looked at what they were proposing, they were proposing, for instance, the uh, Northern California's tallest roller coaster, but it was all going to be made out of reclaimed beer barrels. Um, I'm not even sure. I'm, I, I don't know that that's – that's uh, I don't know. Engineer nerd. I, is that an engineering, engineering possibility? I don't know. It just seems outlandish. Um, there were going to, there was going to be a, uh, 
title pool, swimming pool, like a title gimmick in it, but instead of water is going to be beer. I just think about that for a minute. That's just not real. That's not a thing. Um, and again, once again, the, the main linchpin that I point to to show that this whole thing is some sort of hoax is this idea of not one, not two, but three nightly fireworks shows. We're, we're talking, you know, commercial grade, you know, like huge firework extravaganza shows. Three of these shows a night going till midnight. Um, folks, when we have the huge Bottle Rock Music Festival here, uh, they have a curfew. They have to end by 10. And that's that's once a year this thing is allowed to happen, and it has to end by 10. Uh, there's no way there's going to be nightly fireworks going off, commercial-grade fireworks shows going off three times a night, seven nights a week, all year long. It's just it, it's ridiculous. And it, it, it's the whole thing was posited like this big, campy, obnoxious, loud cartoon, which is on brand with, if you look up Voodoo Ranger, if you look up Voodoo Ranger IP, IPA, it's on brand with what they're trying to do with that particular imprint. It's the edgy, obnoxious, hipstery brand of New Belgium Brewery. So in any case, uh, I was very intrigued by whatever this uh, advertising campaign was. I wanted to know what it was actually leading to. So I followed the trail. I went uh, first to the URL, read more about the uh, absurd um, amusement park plans, I uh, wrote to the email address that was displayed on the website. There was like, for more information or if you're interested in knowing more, contact this address. I, I emailed them. I got a reply back um, telling me to fill out a Google form. I filled out the form. I ended up getting a call from a new Belgium brewing marketing person who uh, invited me to come attend this focus group that was here in Napa. They wanted to hear from, from Napans directly who were either uh, very strongly in favor of the proposal or very strongly opposed. I told her I was very strongly in favor um, just because I knew it wasn't real. But I, I'd be in favor of it anyway. Who, who, who wouldn't want a little madness and chaos injected into the wine country? I think it'd be great. But... Um, uh, she gave me the time, uh, place for this focus group. I was allegedly going to be paid $150. So I was like, all right, I mean, I'd do it for free, but whatever. So, um, all of this happened very quickly. And, uh, the week before I got COVID. So after recording the last, uh, after recording episode, uh, 79 of the podcast happened after that. Um, but before last week when I didn't get to record, um, it was a Thursday night. I found myself asking myself, what have I gotten myself into going downtown to first street, the kind of main, main drag downtown, going to the Ondas hotel, which is one of the fancy boutique hotels down there. Um, and I was told to check in at the lobby of the Ondas hotel. And that's where not the focus group wouldn't be taking place in the lobby. It was taking place at the hotel, but to check in at the lobby. Um, and so I did. And, um, I'll tell you what happened. It, it was, it was a very odd experience. One of the oddest experiences I have ever had. So I showed up and I felt weird from the jump, just going into the Onda's hotel. Cause I'd never been in there before. Um, so I didn't, you know, I, I, you're walking into a room and you have no, um, spatial familiarity with what you're supposed to be expecting. So I, you know, I, Going to this lobby, and I'm not even sure if like you're supposed to just be walking around in there if you're not a guest or whatever. Um, 
and uh, I had noticed a young man standing out in front of the front door, and I thought he was a valet, because there's valets all over First Street for the different hotels that uh, are on that that road there. Um, and uh, I slipped past the valet, I went into the lobby, and I looked around, I didn't really see anyone, and I was just about to go ask someone at one of the desks, when all of a sudden the young man came back in uh, behind me, and he was like, oh, are you here for the focus group? And I was like, uh, yeah, and I realized he was wearing a Voodoo Ranger shirt, and had like an earpiece, you know, like a, a radio thing in his, in his ear. And uh, so he directed me around the corner to where the sign-up area was, and I had to scan a QR code. I had to sign away that, you know, they were going to film this thing, and they could use anything with my likeness in it that was in there. And uh, I had to take a selfie and then gave them, you know, uh, sign my rights away, my freedom away to, to these to these people. Um and uh, this was all so in exchange at the end, I could get $150, which, again, I didn't really care about. But a lot of people there were, I think, in, into the idea that they were going to get $150. I mean, it's not like who doesn't want $150, but just like I, that was not my motivation. I wanted to see what the punchline was to all this. Why are they doing this? What is the point? Because there had to be a point, right? So um, we're all milling around for a long time, waiting to go in, and it's just kind of a lot of, like, there's like kind of a group of, like, uh, just nondescript, you know, a group of, like, three nondescript women, like, my age were there, um, a fired-up old guy and two older ladies, and I was, I, I was just like, okay, they're, they're here because they're, they're going to lose their mind about this proposal. Um, there's this one real kind of uptight lawyer looking guy and he had a fit about signing away the uh, rights and they had to get some like customer service rep to come and somehow convinced him that it was okay but that took forever too because we had to wait for that whole situation to subside there was a group of people I think a couple of women who I didn't really see because they were always kind of behind me but then this guy that was with them and I'm not sure why how they they seemed to be together but then when we went and sat down at the focus group which I'll get to in a moment they sat separately but anyway there's this group of people and the guy was kind of really loud and, and flamboyant sort of uh, um, wearing these kind of like Elvis uh, glasses Elvis shades you know the, the Vegas era Elvis and had kind of a middle-aged guy thinning pompadour-ish hair and was wearing like a Hawaiian shirt, and he made a big show going because it was taking so long. He went to the bar and got a cocktail, the, the little hotel bar there, which actually wasn't a bad idea. But uh, I was just feeling too on guard to to do something like that, so I just sat there waiting. So eventually, we all got get funneled into a little room with like chairs set up, and there's like neon Voodoo Ranger beer signs on the wall, and there's this really like interior uh, design style array of different. Uh, cases of Voodoo Ranger beer and, and individual cans, like in ice buckets, off to the side. Um, and we're all sitting in these chairs facing a, a you know a projector that's going to show a slideshow. And uh, there's two young people in there. Um, one guy's filming everything. Um, and a young guy, young girl, and they're they're kind of, but they're not like the the they're like tech people. You know, they're they're filming and recording. Um, and so we're all sitting there, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And this is a point where they were trying to talk the one guy into being okay about signing away his, his, uh, life and identity. And he finally did because this is that, this is the world we live in, bro. Just sign it away. It doesn't matter. It's not yours anyway. So, uh, he finally comes in and sits down and, uh, I happened to notice too, among the throng of, of people that were there, it was probably about like 
20 people there, 25. I'm really bad at, at estimating those kind of numbers, but they're, they're not a, not a tiny amount, but not a huge amount. But yeah, it's like, it reminded me of being in like a, a, a junior college class or something. So probably like 25 people. Uh, one guy that I noticed there, I, I just happened to recognize him, um, because of Ms. S's work. And this guy, I just happened to know was, is a manager at the County, the County of Napa. Um, but, uh, you could tell he was there because he'd caught wind of this strange proposal. And normally something like this, they would be interfacing with either the city or the County, whatever jurisdiction they needed to, to, to get approvals for, uh, commencing this kind of project. Very thumbnail sketch. Usually if you're, when you're trying to build something, when you're trying to build a project that's large enough to, to set off the public process, um, you, interface with the city or the county depending on where the property is located and uh, you have the, the the developer has their proposal the proposal has to meet certain local laws local ordinances state laws um, I'm sure federal laws in some case but anyway eventually then the, the public gets brought into the you know you have to notify uh, property owners in like a surrounding radius and then there's meetings in front of usually a body like a planning commission and uh, the um, City or county staff either recommends or uh, uh, does not recommend approval of whatever the developer wants to do. And then the uh, planning commission or whatever body takes that into consideration, takes public comment into consideration, makes their determination. Then that determination, yes or no, gets kicked up to the city council. Or I guess if it was a total county project, it would be the county board of supervisors. Whatever. Go, goes to the, the actual governing body, the elected officials. Then they listen to it. They see what the board of people that – planning commissions are people that have been appointed by the, the city council, for instance. They look at what those people say. They hear more public testimony. They, they – blah, blah, blah. And then a project is either approved or denied. Then if it's denied, the person can appeal. If it's approved, the public can appeal if they don't like it. Anyway, this is the process of um, – land use of development. Um, and so it's very strange that this company would just be saying, we're, we're just going to propose this huge thing, but we're not actually speaking to any, any, uh, governmental bodies. We're just having a focus group, which is again, part of why this whole thing is not what it seems. But I think that it got on this guy's radar and he was kind of there undercover to see what was actually going on. Um, but we'll get back to him in a moment. And I apologize because this episode is going to go a bit long, but I have been sitting on this uh, story for a while, wanted to get it out there, so we're just going to have to roll with it. Um, eventually, the focus group began in earnest when a woman who very much seemed to be an actor, a professional actor, came out. She reminded me a bit um, like of a, a younger version of kind of like flow from the progressive uh, insurance commercials, uh, but very much was in a mode of acting. She uh, told us that she was going to be the, the moderator for the evening. The, the uh, management, New Belgium Brewery management, wanted to get uh, raw, unfiltered takes from the, the locals of Napa about this proposal, proposed amusement park project. And um, she made very clear that she was only there to talk about um, people's opinions on the suitability of the project. She wasn't there to talk about things like... Um, uh, environmental impact and, and stuff like that. That's all in more parts of like land use uh, development. Um, it was interesting because uh, that, that, that is not the kind of thing that, that I, I don't think the average person has really dialed into the idea of um, environmental impact reports and stuff like that for um, 
development projects, but she kind of threw that out there. I think just in case someone did show up and wanted to talk about that, that wasn't something that was going to be talked about today or that night. Um, and it's funny because I think she said something along the lines of, you know, we're, we've, we've already, you know, our engineers have already put together an environmental impact report, which is just not true because it's, again, it's the kind of thing if this was actually for real happening and they were interfacing with, with the city of Napa or the county of Napa, um, this would be known. And I noticed that county guy was like, oh, there, no, you're not. Or so, you know, he just seemed very disgruntled that this lady is like making these. But it's like, dude, it's this is this is obviously not real. This is some kind of sham, some kind of work, as we would call it in professional wrestling, a work, something that is not real, but you are convincing the audience that it is real. And I felt that that's what was going on. The whole, I, I felt like everyone in this room is allowing them to, allowing themselves to be worked right now. And I wasn't trying to sandbag it. I didn't want that. That was the part of the problem too. Originally I wanted to go to this thing and I was actually planning on being sort of the, theatrically in favor of it. Cause I knew everyone else there was going to be opposed, but the people were taking it so seriously. They were taking this work to be a shoot again, wrestling talk, shoot being real work being fictional. These people had worked themselves into a shoot as they say in the professional wrestling business, everyone in the room seemed to think that this was that this was a real proposal. You a little iffy because at times, and, and we'll get into that as we wind this down here. You know, people would start to be like, "But wait a minute, this can't possibly be real." But then they'd snap right back into outrage and and blah blah blah. So originally, like I said, I wanted to be the cartoonish guy that was like, "Fill me up with some more beers, bro." You know, I'm all for it. Action Park, woo! But uh, I, it just, it, I, I couldn't pull it off. Like, I, I just froze when I was in there. Um, and then I also figured that at a certain point, um, the uh, New Belgian people themselves would smarten us up to the fact that it was a work. Like, I thought the Voodoo Ranger, like a life-size Voodoo Ranger mascot was going to come crashing through the wall or something. I mean, we'll get to whether or not that happened. But um, anyway, so she starts, the actor starts... Um, going through a slideshow about all the proposed uh, flights of fancy that are going to happen at this park. And the people are just like, Oh no. Like what what are your immediate thoughts at this? And there's like a huge voodoo ranger skull head with like a river coming out of its mouth. That is tacky. That is not Napa. And uh, I thought it looked kind of cool personally, but you know, I'm weird. Um, But anyway, uh, um, very quickly, whenever you're in a group setting like this, again, it reminded me very much of, of college classes. A, a uh, Very early on, a group dynamic takes hold. And so, and certain people become like the loudest voices in the room. So the guy in the Hawaiian shirt was sitting in the very front. And this guy was just like talking the whole time, kind of dominating. And he was weird because he was he looked like he was someone that would like be into this. Because, you know, he's got kind of a pompadour and Elvis glasses and a Hawaiian shirt. And he kind of was like, well, I totally go there, but this is never going to happen. And here's why. And I mean, he's not wrong, but it's like, but ask yourself why this is, of course, it's not going to happen. So why are we here? What is, what, what is the point of this, this, this ludicrous proposal? Um, But so he was kind of shooting things down, but also talking about how he would go, but also how it wasn't Napa. That was one loud voice in the room. The other dominant uh, voice in the room was the old timer, old guy sitting in the back with his two sister wives two older ladies who were just kind of like nodding an assent at everything he said. And this guy was, oh, this is outrageous. We're nappins. We don't need all this traffic in these millennials. And this was another part of the, the uh, act, the slideshow that the actor woman was uh, presenting, where it was totally just like throwing kerosene all over the fire. They were presenting it as like, 
Um, we're bringing this project to Napa because the wine industry is dying and we need millennials to save us. We need millennials to come inject all of their money into the Napa economy. And they were showing these like totally cartoonish photographs of these like buff dudes with no shirts on and sunglasses and like uh, women in like bikinis and stuff like that. And it was like the future of Napa and the old people in the back just like, no, we don't even like Bottle Rock. And then that started a little feud because some of the younger people there was like, well, actually Bottle Rock is okay. This is not. And so at a certain point, it just became insane because the woman, as she's going through all the different rides, she's again, she's talking about the tidal pool made of beer and the old people in the back, People will get sticky and they will smell bad in the sun after swimming in beer. It's like, yeah, because people, that, that's why swimming in beer is not a thing. There's never going to be some public amusement park where one swims in beer. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, we all, this is, folks, I just wanted to scream out, don't allow yourself to be worked. But also then I, I didn't want to be like the, the, the too cool for school guy that, that refuses to go along with the fun and uh, oh, I, I won't be worked. I refuse to be worked, you know, because that gets lame too. So again, I just kind of froze. I just kind of sat there. And um, the actress kept going through the presentation as if it was totally real, totally serious. And I kept waiting for something to change and it never really did. And the audience just maintained their outrage. And I kept maybe waiting for them to change their tune and realize this was all some kind of absurd hoax, but uh, they never really did. I did notice, you know, again, all of this was being filmed, so I really, I, I feel like, for whatever reason, Voodoo Ranger wanted footage of outraged NIMBYs about this ridiculous park, and it's going to be used for something. But, again, we'll get into that in one moment. Um, at a certain point, though, it really started dragging because it was at a point where we need a punchline for this thing and no punchline is forthcoming. And there even came a point when um, someone that was there had a dog with them. And the dog noticed something in the back of the room and the dog ran to the back of the room and was kind of engaging with a curtain in the back of the room. And there was literally a man behind a curtain in the back of the room doing like a wrap it up sign to the actor woman. And she started quickly clicking through a bunch of the slides because I think they were, you know, it was going long. And so I thought, here it is. The punchline's coming. The punchline's coming. They're running out of time. And then they just had uh, everyone in the room take a turn giving like a one-line um, closing statement about what they thought about the proposal. And everyone did one final expression of their outrage. Uh, I just said that, uh, to be totally honest, I hadn't thought about New Belgium brew brewing in decades and I'd really enjoyed watching this strange marketing thing unfold and that uh, I probably now would go out and try some Voodoo Ranger beer. So congratulations. And everyone in the room got back, oh, he's a plant, he's a plant. Uh, and that was about it. That was about all I was able to pull off, which wasn't that impressive. I thought I was hoping I could be more of a wild and crazy, funny, funny guy at this thing. And the, the audience was just not having it. The, these people were very, very angry, very unhappy people that were not there to have fun. Um, it just ended then. That, that was it. It was over. No punchline, no explanation, nothing. Thank you for, uh, thank you. We're going to give your thoughts over to management. Thank you for coming. Very bizarre. They did mention that all of the beer, that display that I mentioned off to the side of the room was uh, up for grabs and that there were gift bags for us at the back of the room. And as I was watching everyone falling out, no one was going for the beer. And very stupidly, 
I just felt too awkward to take any. Because I was like, well, do I take all of it then? Or do I do I grab like one single can? Do I grab a, a case? Do I grab two cases? Do I grab a can and a case? I don't know. So I just kind of froze and went and grabbed my gift bag and lit out of there so quick that I almost didn't get paid because I didn't realize, I thought they were going to like send us the money or something. But I was walking past the woman who had checked us all in and she was like, uh, excuse me, sir, don't you want your money? And I was like, oh, okay. And so she took my name and found my little envelope and inside I had a $100 bill and a $50 bill. So I did, I got $150 for an hour of sitting there listening to outraged people um, tilt at windmills as it were. Um, if you're familiar with that Don Quixote uh, scene. Um, but it was a very unsatisfying ending. The fact that it just it just ended, no explanation, no uh, punchline, no the 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 trailer with the billboard on it is gone. Um, so I don't know what what the what the end game was here, and I feel like there had to be one. This couldn't have really been a focus group for a an asinine project that's never going to happen. These people, New Belgium Two is like a very established company. Uh, the the wild and crazy Voodoo Ranger imprint aside, it also seems to be a very like lucid company. So, you know, I can't imagine that 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 someone at New Belgium was like so coked out of their mind or something that they think this is really going to happen. So I, I have a feeling, I don't know, the footage may show up somewhere down the line, somewhere for something. Why Napa? Why, you know, so many questions remain unanswered. And uh, I fear some of these questions may never be answered. I, I, I left there that night feeling like... Um, wasn't there that episode of The Sopranos with, with like the, a Russian guy or something that runs off into the woods and everyone thought, well, surely they're going to tie up this plot line at some point. He's going to come back for revenge or we're going to find out what happened to him. And it was just never addressed again. And I feel like that's where I'm at right now with Voodoo Ranger IPA Action Park. It was a fun little mystery while it lasted, and I thought it was going to lead. I thought it was going to be like that episode of The Simpsons where the dug up angel bones. It's like... Uh, you know, the end is near for high prices. I thought we were going to get something like that at the end, but we got nothing. I guess I did get $150. Oh, and the gift basket was a Voodoo Ranger pint glass and a Voodoo Ranger action figure. I'm holding it right here. I still haven't taken it out of the package. It's a Voodoo Ranger action figure, uh, four and a quarter inch fully posable modern skeleton figure. It's kind of a reaction looking figure, except it has uh, posable uh, arms and hands and such. Uh, it's featuring the classic Voodoo Ranger ensemble. He's wearing this kind of hipstery outfit. He's carrying a uh, six pack of Voodoo Ranger beer. On the back, it says... Thirst is in danger around Voodoo Ranger. And it shows him like coming to the rescue and it says, fits in your pocket. Live rangerously. It's not a doll. As uh, Icy Roberts would tell you, it's not a doll because it does not have rooted hair. But it's not a doll. The new Belgian brewing hero has come to life in action figure form. Now you can take Voodoo Ranger everywhere you go. Feel the power of perfectly bitter IPAs, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. You can bring them to a barbecue. You can make them dance. You can take them fishing. Fishing is boring. Bring along an inanimate object. I, I agree. And it features the six-pack. Um, oh, you can take off his glasses. And he's got... Um, uh, oh, yeah, he's a great listener because he's wearing uh, uh, noise-canceling headphones. So, folks, that was my adventure with Voodoo Ranger. And I still haven't tried the beer. Um, maybe I'll get some this weekend. I was out of drinking commission for a while with the whole uh, COVID-19 thing. But as I said earlier on in the broadcast, and that is me, Gino V, signing up.
was your daddy There's nothing but us 